There's a call comes ringing over restless winds. Send the light, send the light, send the light, send the light. There's a soul to rescue. There's a soul to save. Send the light, 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 send the light. And there's a gospel light. Let it shine from shore to shore. Macedonia call today, send the light, send the light, in the golden offering of the cross we lay, send the light, send the light, send the light, send the light, and bless the God's gold light, let it shine, from shore to shore, from shore to shore, send the light, and bless the God's gold light, Therefore, 
pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. And I want to emphasize uh, this statement again. The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers to uh, his harvest. Now, last week, uh, from Adam's lesson, we all know the title of the lesson was All I Need. He reassured us by saying, all we need to make us grow has been supplied by the Almighty God. If you remember, and he used Psalm uh, 23 uh, to point out that God has supplied us with all we need. So we shouldn't be afraid. Now, in his opening statement, he said something which still resonates in my heart. And probably if I say it, you will know. He said, if it is not important to you, you will. He said, if it is important to you, you will find a way. But if it is not important to you, you will find excuse. I think you all remember. Right. Now, this is a strong statement that he made, but this is true in all human situations. If it is not important to you, you will, by all means, find an excuse for that. Now, what we are going to discuss this morning is about sharing your faith or winning the soul for Christ. Does it matter to us at all? Now, this is a very strong statement that he made. Let's consider one of the commandments that Jesus gave, which we tend to find excuses for not doing. And this is the Great Commission. Fishing for lost souls. Probably this is not all that important if we take our list of priorities. I don't know where we will put this, considering what Adam said last week, that if the thing is important to us, we will find a way. Now, I can confirm that the soul-winning assignment is not an easy one, and this has been the case in all generations. It's not only our generation that we find it tough. Even though the first century believers or Christians had the Holy Spirit empowering, okay? But they still met some challenges as they went about preaching the gospel. But one thing that we must applaud them is that in the midst of intense persecutions, they still went about preaching the gospel to the Lord. They didn't say we are being persecuted, so we're going to hide in the caves and we are not going to tell they still went about. So this is a plus for them. Now, looking at the perverse environment that we find ourselves today, right, it is even more harder as we try to reach people without any accompanying signs as they had. So we tend to shy away and find excuses for not doing these great commission and find excuses to avoid it. Now, I don't mean 
to suggest that we are not making any effort at all or we are not doing anything in the field of that work. But for Jesus to see that the harvest is plentiful but the laborers are few tells us how urgent the situation has become. And therefore, we need to do better than what we are doing currently. Now, it is not only in our generation when man tries to find excuses uh, for God's assignment to rescue the lost. When God asked Moses to go to Pharaoh to deliver Israel from the hands of Pharaoh, listen to the excuses that Moses, you know, hard to say. Listen to the excuses. First he said, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the children of Israel out of Egypt? Exodus chapter 3 verse 11, who am I? That's the first excuse he made. <laughs> but God reassured him and said, I will be with you. If you read verse 12 of Exodus chapter 3. And God provided him with all that he would need to carry out for these assignments. But still, Moses had excuses upon excuses. Moses offered excuses upon excuses. In verse 13 of Exodus chapter 3, second excuse, he said, What about if the people ask who you are? What am I going to say? What am I going to tell them? I wonder why Moses was asking this question because in verse 6 of Exodus chapter 3, God had already introduced himself to him. That I am the Lord of your fathers. He explained to him who he was. But Moses, because he wanted excuse, he wanted to avoid the tax which is given to him, he asked this question. You see, God had already showed himself to Moses. But he went ahead <laughs> asking this question. <laughs> now, excuse number three. He said again, But behold, they will not believe me or listen to my voice, and they will say, The Lord had not appeared to him. Exodus chapter 4, verse 1. Now, does this excuse sound similar to what we offer today for not going out to fish for the lost. Does this sound similar? They will not believe me. They will reject me. They will be upset if I tell them. Fear started to grip Moses as he contemplated this assignment given to him. But as I quoted earlier on what Adam said last week, the Lord always provides a way where there is no way. If it is important to you, you will find a way. Therefore, God promised to follow Moses with signs. If you read Exodus chapter 4, verse 2 to 9, he made Moses did a lot of signs and say, I'm going to follow you with these signs, so don't be afraid. As if these assurances and promises were enough to silence Moses from all these questioning. But he still had another complaint to make. 
He said, excuse number four, Oh Lord, I am not eloquent, either in the past or since you have spoken to your servant, but I am slow of speech and of tongue. Exodus chapter 4, verse 10. Excuse number four, he's trying to shy away from responsibility. But the Lord said to him, Who has made man's mouth? And who made him mute? Or deaf? Or seen? Or blind? Is it not I, the Lord? Exodus chapter 4, verse 11. This does not put Moses away from questioning God. It did not stop Moses from questioning God. And he passed his final word to God. After all these, he said, please send someone else. Please send someone else. Upon all these reassurances and encouragement to the standard God was going to follow him with signs and everything he needed, Moses still had this to say, please send someone else. When it is not important to you, you find all excuses to avoid it. God became angry. He became angry. Ezra chapter 4 verse 14. With all these reassurances and encouragement, and the provision he had made to assist Moses in this assignment, Moses still said, send someone else. So God was angry, but God did not agree to the excuses, you know, being offered by Moses. And he still sent him anyway. He said to Moses, now go and I will be with you. I'll be with your mouth and teach you what you have to say. But he said, oh Lord, this is very tough for me. Send someone else. Now, it is not what we say today. Send someone else because they will reject me. Send someone else because they will not listen to me. Send someone else because if I tell them, they will be offended. Send someone else because I don't know much of the Bible. Send someone else because I'm not a good speaker. I'm not a good teacher. It is not only Moses alone that offered excuses when God wanted to send him. Remember Jonah? Jonah offered excuses as well when he was sent to Nineveh to warn the people. He even preferred to die in the sea instead of going to tell the people about what God wanted to say in Jonah chapter 1 verse 1. And when all the attempt to die failed, God removed him through the great face from the sea and sent him. Now if you come to Jonah chapter 4 verse 1, Jonah became angry after going on the assignment, which means he was not happy going at all. And the question is why? He said, Jonah became angry that Nineveh, the people of Nineveh had repented. Why? Jonah had grace or had favor with God, 
But he did not want the people of Nineveh to have a second chance. And that is why he was trying to run away from responsibility. Now the question we must ask ourselves is, why are we not telling people? Are we running away because we don't want other people to also have second chance? Or are we running away because fear is gripping us as gripped Moses? Fast forward to the Christian age. Ananias, who was one of the disciples in Acts chapter 9, also offered an excuse when God told him to receive Saul. And who was Saul? The Pharisee who was hunting believers. Right? And to teach him what to do to be saved. Ananias became terrified. He was terrified and began to offer excuses. Excuse number one. Oh Lord, I have heard many, you know, about this man. How much evil he has done to your saint at Jerusalem. Why me? Acts chapter 9, verse 13, is what we've just read. The question is, why did God, or why did the angel of the Lord, not go directly to Saul to tell him this story, but rather ask Ananias to do that? Why did God not go to Nineveh and warn the people of Nineveh himself, but rather ask Jonah to do that? This means the message has to be told by man and not angel. There is a story to be told about God, but God wants to tell it through you and me. The message has to go, but it's not the angels that are going to deliver the message. And God himself is not going to do that. He wants you. That is why Jesus said, the harvest is plentiful, but laborious a few. So pray that the Lord of harvest will add more laborers. And who are the laborers? It's you and I. The message has to go. But who is going to do it? And not angels, not God. It is you and I that we have to tell this story. So you see, the excuses we offer day and day for not telling about Christ, these are not new. The people of the old, they did the same thing from Moses' time, Jonah's time, to even the Christian, when the Christianity started. Some people were shying away from that. Because I, I must say that it's so difficult when you are dealing with man, especially when you're trying to express your faith to this generation that we find ourselves very, very difficult. Well, I have tried several times, and I know what I'm talking about. So, it is no wonder that we try to shy away from these responsibilities. Now, 
Because these lives matter to God, their excuse did not prevent him from sending them. You read the Bible, all those who are trying to offer excuses, God still sent them. You will go. To the sand, you know, Jonah tried to die. He said, throw me into the sea so that I don't even go. At the bottom of the sea, God said, you are welcome. And then he used a great fish to swallow, most, uh, to swallow Jonah for three days. And before Jonah was aware, he was peeled into, onto the land of Nineveh. Now God said, you have to go. The people are dying and they need somebody to tell them. Send someone else. Brothers and sisters, these lives that have been lost day by day matters to God. And no one can tell them except you and I because we have had this uh, you know salvation from God and others also need to know you see you do not need to preach like Adam before you can tell you do not need to teach like Graham before you can tell and you do not need to be like Paul before you can say, well, I can talk. All you need to do is to be like Philip. Just say to someone, come and see. Don't say much. Come and see. You need to be like Mary. Just say to someone, he is risen. Come and see. You need to be like Andrew. Just invite a family member as he invited his family member to Christ. Jesus knows which generation we are in just now. And he knows the challenges that we face. I don't think he is demanding much from us. As he demanded from the people who were backed by signs and wonders as they go and preach the gospel. He knows us. So something little he wants you to say. When you say it, that is all you want. Whether the people will listen to you or not listen to you, it's not your business. Right? Remember, in the Old Testament, when Israel demanded a king, Samuel was so sad and he went to God and said, God, you see, the nation has rejected you. They have rejected me. He said they have rejected me. And the Lord, or God told him, Samuel, they have not rejected you. It is me they have rejected. So the people that you are saying that they will not listen to you, God said, it is not you that they will not listen. It is me, God. The people that you are saying they will reject me, God said they are not going to reject you, but it is me, God, that they are going to reject. Our is to tell them, but it is God's responsibility. When we plant, somebody waters, 
and God made it grow. God made it grow. It is not our responsibility to pull the people that you have to come to God. No. But what our responsibility is, is to tell them. Is to tell them. Now, like the Shunammite woman and her husband, you can financially support the gospel preachers who are sending the message to the dying souls. Maybe, oh, looking at me, I can't do much. But you can help. There are people doing that. People are on the field just now, preaching the gospel to the lost souls. You can also help them financially. And that is what these Shunammite woman and the husband did to Elisha. When they saw that he was a man of God, always going about doing God's work, they called him and helped him financially. So we can still do that, and God will recognize your contribution that you are offering to make the gospel go. There is a message to be told, and God wants to tell it through you and I. Today, God has provided a way to reach the people without even knocking their doors. I know God are the days where we start chopping people's doors, and somebody will feel you, who are you? And then they look at your face, it's a Jehovah Witness. You haven't even introduced yourself because they know it's Jehovah Witnesses that do that. So today, we don't want even to, you know, knock people's door. But God has provided a way. Why don't we take advantage of social media and send the good news to people? You see, you always... You are on your social media sending messages and then the things that you make people laugh. Why don't you say, God loves you? This Sunday, would you join us on Zoom? You send these little, little messages. You may be in your comfort zone, in your room, but it can still reach people through social media for them to hear the gospel. You see, the little boy just provided five loaves of bread and two fish. But Jesus used it to feed 5,000 people. Over 5,000 people were fed through what the little boy provided. If you all do little, Jesus can make great out of it. But if you do nothing at all, it's not angels that are going to send the gospel. It is you and I. The harvest is indeed plentiful. The laborers are few. And the Lord needs more laborers because souls are dying every day. Would you not tell it today? If the souls all around you are living in sin, if the master has told you to bid them come in, if the sweet invitation they have never heard. Oh, would you not tell them the cheer-bringing word? If the light of its presence has brightened your way, oh, will you not tell them today? They are counting on you. Or like Moses, he will say, please, I've heard you, but send someone else. Because this is tough for me. Send someone else. 
Remember, there is a story to be told, but God wants to tell it through you. May the Lord bless you, give you wisdom to understand this. Thus, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. And God is counting on you and not angels for his message to go. Are you saying, please send someone else? Or you are saying, Lord, I'm here, send me. God bless you. Amen.